I feel like a radio play is is nothing if not like self referential and also crit- critical of its its form. Like that that's an old school thing. The way that they did things was very traditional, like old school. Like you introduce these people when they came into work for the radio, they wore a, a suit right. coat in nice shoes like there's yeah. no reason to be wearing a tuxedo when nobody's going to see you right like but that, yeah. it's that kind of sensibility that kind of throws back to those older like yeah. ben hur has a 20 minute introduction that it's every single person who's been in a movie like right everybody to another episode of the motor mouth podcast my name is joel tyree and this is the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere i've already bungled it tim it's been two seconds <laughs> my fine. name is joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the tim gerard hello hello jesus christ <laughs> in the pre-roll people we talked about depression we talked about mortal combat and the fact that only half of us has seen it this is four months later. It doesn't really matter. Two topics enter and sanity leaves. Tim, what did you bring? The Great British Baking Show. Oh, shit. This is going to be a, a double feature for Netflix. <laughs> and I brought us Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that that was the reaction. I remember like as it came out, we had both watched it. But I didn't know if you had kept up with it. I haven't finished the the, the fourth season. I'm like halfway oh, through okay. for the first. So I hadn't seen season three. I had only seen up through season two originally. So okay, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, that was actually my next topic after after oh, this shit. week. That was next on my list. So <laughs> so you did you snagged it, but that's cool because I wanted to talk about it. So either way, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so great British baking show. What's your origin story? Where are you now? <laughs> so, okay. So I think as far as origin story, I think, I can't remember which came first, where Krista started watching it or when you told me I should watch it. And I was just like, no, like, why would I watch a cooking show? And and some of this, I think, to be fair, came from, um, I, I picked a light topic. I'm going to get heavy for a minute, but very quickly. <laughs> well, so so when my when my dad was sick, he would watch a lot of cooking shows because, you know, the medication he was on, he always felt nauseous and he wasn't hungry and he wasn't eating. So he would watch like cooking shows to make him hungry, make him want to eat. Um, But I also, I don't know that it ever worked because it's just like, you know, it's that thing. It's like, you know, if you're watching someone cook steak, do you want to go eat a bologna sandwich? You know? And it's like all these cooking shows are always like, here's something you can make at home. If you have eight hours and four Dutch ovens, (laughs) you know, it's like, no, nobody can do that. You know? Um, so, you know, and, and that's kind of like, you know, is a Dutch it, oven, a real thing. I think so. Isn't it like that pot that you put inside? It's like a, isn't it like a crock pot, but instead of cooking it on the counter, I thought that was only a it, fart joke. No, it's like, actually a, a thing. Yeah. Okay. You, I think the more, you know, but yeah. And, and, you know, and that's sort of when I think, you know, um, 
yeah, that idea of like food porn came about mm-hmm. is like, you know, you, you watch these videos of things that are never going to be your reality. And it sort of warps your expectations for what that thing should be. And then the thing you have, you're just kind of like, well, I'm this, I'm not satisfied by this, you know? And I've, I've heard that's something, you know, that, that can happen with porn too. Like, you know, when, when people have like addictions and it's like, you see more, more and more freaky shit and it's like, oh, I can't deal with a normal, you know, healthy sex life. It's like, I have to do what they're doing on the movie. And I feel like that happens with food too. Is like, you know, you kind of, you, you can't enjoy regular food because you're, you set these expectations like by watching all of this stuff and you're, it's just like, okay, like the, the, like, yeah, that's great that you made this pizza from scratch and toss hand tossed and this and that I'm going to go eat this mic, you know, frozen microwave pizza out of my freezer and be miserable because it's not as good as what I just mm-hmm. watched you do. Whereas before I was watching this, I was perfectly happy with the frozen pizza. <laughs> so, you know, so, so that was kind of like, it's like, no, like I don't, I, I don't want to do that. Like I was just not interested, almost like, you know, opposed to cooking and food shows and things like that. It's like food is for eating, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely not part of the foodie generation and the, like, here's a picture of the food I ate. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> like Krista will do it when she cooks, but it's like, okay, you made that. Like you should be proud of that. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I very, re- oh, okay. The one time was when we went and got hot chocolate at IHOP and it had the little red and yeah, yeah, yeah. sprinkles was- in it. Like that was a work of art. I, I have <laughs> nails like their promotional, hot chocolate and like no other like we they did the the new animated uh adams family and for some reason ihop got like like marketing deal with them oh wow. so they had like this purple and green like spooky hot chocolate and it was pretty it was like pristine yeah god i miss ihop that's yeah that's that's one of my first things to do when when it's safe is ihop but so anyway so this but this is not about IHOP. dude we're so gonna be is, there for so, yeah. so many hours yeah. oh yeah it's gonna be great so many pancakes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay. So, so, so that was so, sort of why it was just like you know, I, I, I think I had like this sort of ingrained like aversion to cooking shows, and I've seen a few of them, and some of them was like, okay, this is more entertaining than the others. But it's just like there are so many other things I want to watch. Why am I going to watch a show about food? Um, you know, again, why am I going to watch something that makes me want something that I'm not going to have? You know. And it kind of happened the way a lot of shows happen that Krista starts watching that at first I'm like, no, I'm not interested in, but they're just on in the background and I'm catching pieces of them. And I'm just like, okay, like I can see the draw or like, you know, we'd be sitting down to eat and there, you know, she's like three quarters of the way through an episode and it's like, all right, just finish the episode, whatever, you know? So, you know, you kind of see the end of it and, you know, kind of little by little, I was becoming familiar with the show and, and, you know, liking aspects of it, you know, but still in the back of my mind, like, okay, I don't want to sit on my ass for an, a whole hour and watch this show. Um, started to learn a little bit about how they had the different hosts and, you know, one of the judges changed and I was like, okay, which, which threw my bearing off for like, what is this? Yeah. Like last time I watched it was this, now it's these people. Um, and then um, I think I really started getting into watching full episodes with, um, and this was, I think probably two Decembers ago, not this last December, the December last year, when, you know, I think I've talked about this before, this idea of like, I enjoy Christmas time, not for the, like the religious observation of the holiday, but just, I think it's the nostalgia and the season. And, and, you know, I, I just in general, trying to 
make something cheerful out of the the, the shitty ass cold bleak season you know mm-hmm. that like let's add some color and some joy to winter because winter's fucking terrible you know um so um i i found out that they did the the master class like christmas episodes mm-hmm. where mary and paul would get together and share their favorite recipes that they cook around the holidays and i was like okay and, and you know and it, it in addition to helping me kind of feeling like I was like getting in the Christmas spirit and celebrating Christmas, it also made me really sad and homesick because it made me think of like, not that I ever did baking with my mom, but I know my mom likes baking and would bake sometimes. And it was like, Oh, this would be the perfect thing to do, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, like, yeah, like, let's like, like the, and I think that's sort of one of my plans in the back of my mind still is that like, okay, when I can make it back, to Rhode Island for Christmas, like we're going to do some, some baking from, you know, the great British baking show masterclass, you know? So, so for me, like, I, I think the, the, the gateway in was more the Christmas aspect of it, mm-hmm. of, you know, here's a way you can kind of feel Christmassy by watching this. Um, and the fact that it wasn't, um, you know, it was different from watching a Christmas movie. It was like, you know, here are two actual people talking about their actual families and what they do on Christmas. You know, and the fact that each episode they do like, you know, like three to five different recipes. So you're kind of feeling like you're there for like the Christmas feast. You know, it's not just like here, here's how to make a pie. All right. See you later. You know, it's like, you know, you're really digging into all these things. And um, so, yeah, even though it wasn't, very actually very different from the other cooking shows i was opposed to watching you know again the the fact that it was it was christmas recipes what drew me in so then little by little i was kind of like you know i would start sitting down to watch more of the episodes that krista was watching and i started knowing some of the names of some of the contestants and i started recognizing you know and then uh i think the most recent season the one that was done during quarantine where they actually had their little bubble that was the first season that I sat down and watched all the way through with her. And I think because it was by the, the season before that, by the end of it was when I was like, okay, I like this show. Like, yeah, <laughs> l- let me know when the next season happens. And at first we were like, fuck, now there's a quarantine. When's the next time we're going to get it? And of course they were like, oh, we're going to have a season. We're going to quarantine everybody. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, cool. Like they're pulling it off. Um, which was also a fun way to watch, like knowing not only the way we watched shows that were filmed before the the pandemic and you're kind of retroactively being like, don't touch your face. Don't rub your nose. Don't touch, you know, like this was actually filmed during that time. So people are doing things like, you know, eating food with their hands or like blowing on things or dropping things on the floor. And you're just like, Oh God, like, I know you're being quarantined, (laughs) but it's still a pandemic. Like, you know, what the hell? Um, so, so that was great. And when that finished, I was basically like, let's start at the beginning. I want to watch all of it. Let's sit down and watch all of it. So we pretty much started with, I, I Netflix doesn't have all of them. I think it's right. missing a few seasons, Yeah. but we started with, you know, figured out like, okay, which one's the earliest one, you know, way back when it was Paul and Mary and Mel and Sue. Okay. Let's start there. Let's go through, you know, every single episode. Um, and it was funny too, because as I'm going through a lot of the older seasons, I'm like looking at the the contestants and I'm like, I bet, you know, in like the first episode, I'm like, I bet it's one of these two people who are going home because I do not recognize them. At all. <laughs> and all these other people I remember seeing in all these other episodes that I've watched with you. So it's one of them too. And sure enough, one of them left. And then the next week, the other one left. And I was like, okay, yeah, now it's the people that I remember seeing. Um, and, uh, and that was the thing too, is I didn't watch any of the other masterclass episodes because I didn't want any spoilers as I was right. kind of watching. I didn't know if they were going to say, Oh, who's left or who went, Oh, this is the finals. And it's these three people. Like I didn't want any of that. So 
it wasn't until after we watched all the seasons all the way through that I then went back and said, okay, now let's watch all the master classes. And yeah, and I got to say, like, I don't know, aside from the Christmas ones, I don't know that I'll ever watch the master classes again mm. because they definitely are like, here's if you want to make this, which, which I won't, I don't want to, right. like, I'm not, I don't, I don't enjoy cooking. And then, but with the Christmas ones, I probably still would watch those again because of the Christmas nostalgia season time aspect of it. Um, but I would see, I do see myself going back to watch, you know, the earlier seasons again, starting at the beginning, especially because since we finished, and I think we only finished a few weeks ago, because I remember, I think we were finishing right around the time of when we were recording our last podcast. And I remember being like, okay, I've got to make sure to finish, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah. I, might, I think if we finished it right after, because I remember that it's a good thing I have another topic to do this week because I wanted to do great British baking show as soon as I finished it. So that meant like I had time to finish it before this podcast. So yeah, so it was only maybe two weeks ago that I finished it. Um, and since then it's been like, like uh, we watch TV while we eat dinner, you know? Um, and that's just been the show we watch while we eat dinner for like fucking months, you know, <laughs> because there's so many seasons and so, you know, and, and, and it's just become like part of the routine, you know? And, and, and I think we talked about this before, like you better have snacks in the house when you're going to watch that. Right. So it's, it's the perfect thing to watch while you're eating because you want to eat and you are eating. So it works out, you know, and every now and then, you know, Krista would make cookies and be like, Oh, we have cookies to eat while we're watching, you know, and that was always a, a you know, a, a treat and everything. And so it, I don't know, it just, it, it kind of really became part of the, I don't even say just part of the routine, like part of, our life, the, the way eating food is, you know, and then these last few weeks, it's like, so we're just going to watch some other show. Like, it's almost like, I almost feel like, you know, like we're cheating on great British baking show. Like, you know, we're just going to watch some <laughs> other show while we're eating food and, or, you know, and it's like, and I think she even brought it up a few weeks ago. Like I kind of miss great British baking show. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, I just, I, I don't know why we're eating if we're not watching great British, ba like, like what the hell is, what, what is the point of dinner, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, it's really weird. It's really weird that it's kind of, uh, worked its way, you know, for me at first, not wanting to watch it at all, because it's a show about food to really just being like, this is, you know, this is part of, you know, and, and, you know, probably kind of how like the office is for her and, and, you know, probably for you and with parks where it's just like, you watch it and when it's done, you know, maybe you do another show, but then you come back and you just watch it again. It's just kind of like this, this loop that, that is part of your, your background, you know? Um, but um, but yeah, and it's like, you know, it's, it's also fun kind of going into it being like, oh, these are the seasons that I like now. These are what, you know, these are the contestants that I like and how you've kind of, you get to the point where you're rooting for certain people after a while. And you know, you get angry when some people are sent home because it's just like, oh, but you know, that person was, a, you know, theirs was a mess. Why did, and it's like, okay, but we also can't taste the food. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, if theirs looked more like a mess, but it tasted delicious, of course, they're going to go with that person instead, you know? And, um, you know, just like, you know, feeling sorry for some of the people who have worked really hard and they have a bad weekend and they're upset and you're just like, oh man, like they're going to go home and poor, you know, and it's like, you know, really kind of getting emotionally involved with them and you know and, and and i think one of the things you had said too early on that i totally agree with is just like you know i forget specifically what it was but just the the, the idea of watching british people you know i think that's part of what it was i also think i said like oh i don't like reality tv i don't like game shows because i don't you know and it's like no like that's not how it is you know it's like they're like they're nice to each other they're encouraging to each other like the how little competition there was between the contestants was was so great to see. And that's one of the reasons, you know, like it made, it made it so hard to watch blown away because right. it's a very, were, yeah, 
yeah, like people were just kind of dicks to each other and like, you know, playing defense, you know, like, oh, how can I get in this person's head and shoot this person down? It's like, hey, you you guys need to watch this fucking show and this is how you should behave, you know, like, um, but yeah, like it was just so, so great to watch them be encouraging or like if one person finishes and time's running out and someone else isn't, what do you need? Let me help you here. Let me get these on the tray. Like, you know, seeing that for be... the first time just broke my brain because I was yeah. just like this. It's so foreign because we would watch like um, Cutthroat Kitchen, which is mm-hmm. all about sabotage. Like it's on yeah. brown. It's it's delightful. It's mm-hmm. sinister. At one point, he makes them like you only you can cook. You have the stovetop, but you can only make your cooking implements and what you're cooking things in out of tinfoil. Oh God, <laughs> he's a maniac. Like a monster to, to make people, but like the idea, like seriously, the and they do it so quietly. It's not like, look at me, help somebody out. It's no like, yeah. like it's under their breath. Like, do you need some help? Can I come over and help you with something? Yeah. Like and it's, it's like, so that's, casual. That's yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, it's, it's a, such a different tone of a show. And it's also like, it's one of the few things where baking is not an exact science. Mm. And that is part of the whole narrative of the show is that sometimes shit happens. Right. Humidity is not right. It didn't get hot quick enough. It's not that like you can hammer it down and do it perfect every time. So that, and I, I also love the aspect that they like, they go home for a week and practice, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have like so many of these shows are just like, okay, the next day is the, like, I'm thinking project right. runway. It's so fucking stressful. Cause everything is like, out that's why the the like the top two or the top three the finales of that show project runway are better because they get to go away and like make a collection like that's the cool stuff like you can see them kind of hone their craft and that's something that i i i like and i i feel like i'm never all that pissed off about like who gets sent home in british bake-off because i love them all Mm -hmm. right like i want everybody to be successful and whenever they send somebody home, I, I really don't have the reaction of like, well, theirs wasn't as good as that. Like, I I am so just comfortable in a lot, like letting it happen that like mm-hmm. it's that show like for me. It, it it's very much like an office type thing. It's it, it's easy to put that on a season you've seen before in the background and lose mm-hmm. a day. Yeah, because they just flow it, and I think they're really well paced. I think that the idea that they're three different challenges. Mm-hmm. is it really breaks it up well and it's like well and anytime i'm like i don't know if i really want to watch this i get through the first challenge I'm like no i'm invested i'm i'm yeah. ready for the rest of it like it, it's yeah yeah sorry to interrupt no no I, I, yeah i know it's, 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 it's supposed to be a discussion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah so i mean and and that, and that i guess that's part of it too is like there's so many little little details um about like each season or each character where it's just like, you know, or a little, like I've talked to my mom about it because I think she's watched it. She watched it like years ago. I remember like years ago, she was talking to me about wanting to make bread and I was just like, okay, like that's, that's cool. Like I don't get that, but I, and I never kind of understood where that came from. And then I found out like she had been watching the show years ago and that's what made her want to make bread is, you know, watching Paul Hollywood and watching all the people make bread and, you know, 
I think more so watching him do it because he does a lot of the, the stuff by hand instead of using mixers and stuff like that. And um, so I started talking to her when I was watching it. So it's like, you know, and, we, you know, we would kind of talk about different different characters and the different seasons and, you know, the hosts, like who we like better, who we don't like. And um, Oh, by the way, I also watched the, the American baking show with, um, uh, I don't know the other judge's name, but with uh, Baby Spice and there's uh, some... <laughs> athlete i don't know if he's a football player but his name is also has spice in the title in his title i think <laughs> have you not seen it no <laughs> oh you should look for it it's 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 kind of ridiculous it is it is weird because it's like the old like it still has paul hollywood like he's still one of the judges weird and i think it's still done in the same tent so i think all of the american people have to go to england to do this i think huh. um but yeah but it is weird and you do get a little bit not not a lot but you get a little bit of that you know, the difference between the, the British and the, like, so the, the American competitive nature, like they're, they're slightly worse, you know, when you're watching them and, and, you know, slightly, they're a little more dickish about things. And it's just like, okay, yep, this is the difference between the American and the British aside from the accents, you know? And, um, <laughs> although one of my favorite things that I'll say every time this is relevant and, you know, Krista, she's such a good wife. She'll laugh every time, um, is that there was one time where they were doing the technical challenge and you know how they have their their photo because mm-hmm. it's judge blind, and they were making some some bread recipe, and and the the other the other host was like, okay, everybody, put your bread behind your head, and I was like, oh my god, that's so, why haven't they thought of this yet? <laughs> so like every time I'm watching the British one, whenever they would do that, and it'd be like, please come put your picture, you know, put your you know, play, you know it's like put your bread behind your head. <laughs> so. You started watching it with the new hosts, with Noel. Yeah, so, yeah. And... So the season I watched was yeah, Noel and uh, um, um, what's his name? Not even Sandy. Yeah, the uh, Matt, right? Oh, Matt Lucas. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah I... so it's Paul and Prue, Noel and Matt was the the first season I watched all the way through. Gotcha. And I mean, I, I knew Sandy from seeing episodes here and there. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that was the, the first season where she left and Matt came in and it was, yeah, it was just them. We need to talk hosts. Cause I, when okay. I was watching like, and I didn't watch like all of it or anything. Like I would catch bits and pieces of it. And I was like, you should sit down and watch this. And I was like, Oh, this is different. I enjoy this quite a bit. Also, why don't we have any chocolate eclairs? Why don't we always have chocolate in the house? Um, but I, when I started watching, it was before they lost Sue and Mel mm-hmm. because the BBC don't know what the fuck they're doing and they didn't secure them when they sold the show to the other channel. Yeah. Well, that was the thing too. Yeah. Krista kind of explained a little bit of that, but she wasn't exactly sure about what happened when and who, who, you know, whose decision it was to leave at certain points. And um, yeah, so it's, it does seem like there's a lot of drama behind the scenes that we haven't seen, but. So I didn't watch with the new hosts for a long time. I still haven't seen all of that, all that has come out with the new hosts. Cause it's just not the same. I, I just, I, they're fine. I like their rapport. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. It's not their fault. It's not anything wrong, but there's something so perfect about Mel and Sue riffing on right. each other. It's just so unapologetically corny and they just the, their timing is there. Noel is a weird dude. 
He has yeah. been a weird dude for a long time. It's just so silly that he's there <laughs> in this setting. <laughs> I don't, but I, like I said, I do like, I don't know. There was just a warmth to the way Sue and Mel yeah. talked to people. And it was just like, and I think in terms of the judging, Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry had this huge, like this dynamic. Oh, that, it's so fucking cute. And it's it's like it's also like it's like a class division thing. Because Paul Hollywood's like this burly, like mm-hmm. you know his dad was like a miner or something, right? Like he's a baker. <laughs> <laughs> Have well, you not like, seen the show? <laughs> he's a big dude. Like this dude was living in like Liverpool. He was yeah, not yeah. like like aristocratic. Whereas right. Mary Berry very much strikes me as like there, there's a little bit more like finishing school to her mm-hmm. and her posture is impeccable. And at one point somebody makes a dirty joke when they're like presenting to her and she holds up a finger and she goes careful. And it's the most powerful, like body language, like polite, <laughs> but pointed delivery of any, I, like it, it blew me away. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> she has slapped a servant at some point in her life. Like that's, <laughs> that's the level so that dynamic, like the the contrast there, and the fact that they're both very, very strict and very, very they hold people to a very high standard, but also they're 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 nurturing, right? Like they're not shitty, right? It's like it's like the Gordon Ramsay like w- with kids, right? Mm-hmm. That that's the difference where they hold people to to be accountable because like it's a, a competition, but they're also nurturing, like right. Gordon with adults is like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You should know yeah. this. Whereas, I don't know, they're 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 strict but gentler. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely a lot of points, especially towards the end with with Prue, where it's like you know she'd be like, okay, tell you what, I'm, oh, I'm making a this and it's gonna do this and well, well, it has to taste good. You know, it's just like really like it's like I think they know that they know it's a baking show. Like why are just like it's it's such a dickish thing to say and such mm-hmm. just like a you know, like, like, okay, let me, let me kind of set you off your game because I'm going to hypothetically criticize what you're making, you know, like imply that if you're doing all that, it's not going to actually taste good because you're thinking too much, you know, and, and yeah, it really started to bother me. It's just like, can't you just be like, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, cool. Mm. Next, you know, and right. um, Yeah. I I don't remember Mary ever saying that. Yeah. I hate it in like the older, like when it gets more, like there's that less and less time and there's more and more stuff to do. They're like, how are you doing? I'd be doing a lot better if you weren't talking to me while I'm chopping. My thumb yep. is gone. Like yeah. that, that's the one aspect, like there's stress in, in the show. Cause you want people to do well. They're rushing to finish things. Like, and it has the dramatic music, but it's definitely like toned way, way down from like any other show like it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, I don't know. The, the 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 most anxious you get is like there's not a lot of time, and you're talking to them, and they're they're doing the gorgeous like uh, the artist representation of what the 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 bread rolls are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is, but I need like a coffee table book of all of the recipes that people have done with all of those because the illustrations are gorgeous, and the fact that it's like the English court countryside and like the transition yeah. shots, and there's like sheep. Tyne and I have an inside joke. Like one of the first times we panned over, like one of the, when they shear sheep, they like mark them with ink. And I, I was shocked to see this for the first time. I was like, who vandalized that sheep? (laughs) (laughs) 
So every so often we'll we'll say that to each other. We also <laughs> quote we always do like uh, underbaked or, or over uh, soggy bottom, underbaked, mm-hmm. overproved, like those those little yep. key phrases. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. It's funny how yeah how many quotes you get like you know that that you know you just kind of like like one of my favorites is like when they do the technical challenge. Like they always start on, you know, they're right. Let's have a look at this one, shall we? And it's like, it, it, don't make it sound like you're making that decision on, on a whim. You know, it's like you do that every fucking time, you know? And I think one of my favorite quotes too, that I only, I only heard it once. And I think that's why I like it so much was like, cause every now and then they'll get something where he's like, Oh, it's raw. You know, it's, it's yeah. on, it's on a, you know, there was one time where it was so bad. He was like, don't eat that Mary. <laughs> that was like one of my favorites. So it was just like, <laughs> like he's looking out protecting for you. her. Yeah. Like I was like, that is great. And Paul is such an asshole, but like, He's kind of likable as this asshole. Like, I think he's, he's almost playing it, the asshole as a yep. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he'll know? come up and he won't say anything. Yeah. And, and he'll, he'll stand he'll, there looming. Yeah. He'll be an yeah. asshole in that sense. Like you're feeling his presence and then he'll kind of look inquisitively at you. And then when they're freaking out, he's looking at the camera. Like, like he, he's definitely playing to the audience. And I, I, I like it. And I think. Yeah. In another show without the right balance, the handshake would be very, very condescending. Mm-hmm. But every time it happens, it's like, oh shit, he's passing them out. Like it doesn't, it, it works. Like it, 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 it I want to use a wrestling term. Like it's over. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it's over with the fans. Like people really like that. I, yeah. I don't, yeah, because I feel like if, if it was an American show, it's just like, get your fucking hand away from me. Like, right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think part of it too is that, and, and I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trusting this. It's not like I've known Paul Hollywood for years, but like the sense that this is something he's done his whole life, you know, and he's, he's actually good at it. He actually knows what he's talking about. And I think that's part of it is like with, I think with a lot of the impression sometimes with, <laughs> with a lot of Americans is like, Oh, it's a white guy. He's going to talk about, like he knows what he's talking about, but he may not, you know? And I think there's that, that part of it where it's like, and, and, and that's the thing that like, like, for example, like with American Idol, I feel like I've seen some of those people who are judges and they're, they're not singers sometimes. And it's like, why is that person a judge? What do they know about singing? Like, you know, or it's like, Oh, well, you know, and, and, and it's like, yeah, it's like, why is this person passing judgment on these people? Like if this person doesn't know sort of what it takes to, to learn how to sing and to practice singing and to, you know, to, to know the note you're supposed to hit, but not actually be able to hit it and not get your voice. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I think that type of thing is maybe what's ruined it for me where, you know, you, you see that all over the place of people just passing judgment on things that they're not actually good at too. Mm-hmm. So to see Paul and, you know, and, and, and it helps to watch the masterclass because you see him making this stuff. You see him doing this stuff by hand. You see him, you know, flipping stuff, you know, doing like when they were doing the one where they were doing a, a plaited loaf and he's just doing like a seven strand, you know, this one over here, this one over here, this one. And it's like, he's done it billions of times probably, you know? So it's like, yeah, he knows his shit, you know? And, you know, and, and what does it for me is when there are times when he'll, sort of predict like, you know, someone's doing something. He's like, Ooh, I don't think that's going to work. Cause this and that. And then he'll try to be like, that works. Like the fact that he will 
sort of admit that he was wrong, not right. say like, I was wrong. I'm an idiot. But like, he won't try to maintain this sense of Paul knows everything. Right. And and that to me is one of the things that's, that's gained a lot of respect from me that, you know, he, he knows a ton of shit and he, from that he can make predictions, but when he's wrong, it's like, yeah, Oh no, this was the good job. You did this, you know? And, um, or even within seconds where he'll look at something like, Oh, you know, this looks underbaked and it's a mess. And this tastes amazing. You know, like right. he will give the credit where credit where credits due. It's not about saving face, you know. And it's also like he enjoyed. That's another thing. I think a lot of judges like will eat it with no react, like they'll stone face, like no mm-hmm. reaction. But like he seems to genuinely enjoy food, and he'll he'll say it. Like he, he'll he'll be that's incredible. Yeah, I did not think that combination will work, but I am going to use it. Like that that yeah. kind of feedback is something that I is very, very unique. And it, it means more coming from him because he does, he does loom. He does not boast. He, he lets yeah. his presence be felt, but he's not saying I'm the hottest shit ever. You guys are garbage. He's like, he, he's right. just, he's confident enough to be like, okay, I'm going to sit back and maybe this look I'm giving you says, maybe you're doing something wrong, but that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to give you. Like, yeah, it's still a competition. I'm not supposed to be giving you answers, you know? And right. And I, th- I Mary. Mary is almost scarier, like with with her technical challenges, because sometimes Paul will be like, "Oh, that's mean! Like, why would you have them do that? That's just really, yeah. really." So I and I, I don't know. It's just I really love their dynamic. Yeah, and it's she's sometimes the compliments she gives hurt worse than than criticism because she's like, "It was it tasted lovely, but it was just not quite there." Like. The yeah. way she delivers it is just so perfect. I, mm-hmm. I I think that was such a great balance. And I think some of the jarring reaction to Prue and to Noel and to uh, the Sandy. new Sandy mm-hmm. was, was just like the dynamic had to shift because so many of the pieces were different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I when Noel is like leaning over and asking somebody like how they're doing, like there's the, he'll have like cute little jokes, right? Like, and he'll mm-hmm. do so, but it always, there's some of them where it feels awkward. Like why is this vampire in the day standing elbow away from this person trying to make <laughs> scones? Like, why are you there? <laughs> yeah. He, I will say this, like, yeah, in the beginning, I think it was because it was like, you know, his first season doing it, it was a lot more awkward. I feel like he does find his rhythm in his place. And, you know, and I feel like probably coming from uh, uh, um, Mel and Sue, you know, it's like, okay, am I trying to do what they do or right. can I be myself? Like, yeah. and he finds more of a balance of that where, you know, it's like, okay, he's there for this comic relief, but it's kind of his brand of comedy. Um and yeah, like there, there are some of the things he says, which it's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. Like, you know, not all of it, but every now right. and then, like he'll just, you know, kind of land on this perfect thing. Oh, there was one that I loved where they had a bunch of mugs hanging. And I think he's like playing them with wooden spoons. And all of a sudden one of them just like shatters. And he just like throws the spoon and walks away. And it was like totally <laughs> unplanned. It was like the funniest shit. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I think that that is part of it is like, I wasn't as, you know, it's not like I grew up with, you know, I, I had seen more episodes with Noel and Sandy because mm-hmm. that was, as I was Where coming into it, she was later. 
So going back, like, I, I mean, I still love Mel and Sue. They were great, but it wasn't like, oh, now that they're gone, like, I, right. it's not the same, you know? Um, I also but, love uh, the way Mel and Sue, when they were reading the descriptions, when yeah. either of them said chocolate, my mouth just watered. Because mm-hmm. it was with that gorgeous, like, illustration of it. Yeah. The way they say, for some reason, the British accent saying food words, mm-hmm. like chocolate. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's Dickensian. Like, I, it, it just made me hungry every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a warm blanket of hunger. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the other thing I wanted to discuss, too, and this sort of came about um, when I when I first started watching the most recent season, I remember I, this was one of the few things I posted on Facebook and I was just like, does great British baking show always have so many dick jokes in it? Because like, I remember watching it and just being like, this doesn't seem appropriate. But then when I went back and started speaking, I was like, yes, they have always had this many dick jokes in it. Like, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I'm here for it, but it was just like, I was totally not expecting that. <laughs> I forget about it's, I don't know if it, it gets away with it because it's like quit quaint and British. Like, yeah. Oh, look, a dick joke, and it's right. a pun. Like, it, I think it also is softened by the fact that it's usually wordplay. But it's there. There's some horny jokes being made. Yeah. I, I remember, like there were, yeah, there were a few times, like you know, and and I, I don't embarrass easily, but I, we'd be watching it, and I'd just be like, Jesus Christ, did they really <laughs> just say that? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> And I can't remember any of them. I just remember being like, like, oh, okay, they went there. I remember what time was it? They were making like, I think, chocolate lava cakes. Mm-hmm. And they had to put them, it was like a, a long rectangular plate they were putting them on. And there wasn't quite enough room. So like one person did it was like one, two, three, four. And then the five, six were kind of side by side. <laughs> and you're kind of looking at it like, okay. And then I, I think she even says like, if you're going to arrange, you know, six lava cakes on a plate that's too short, you know, make it look like a wanker or whatever. It was just like, okay so we're acknowledging this okay and like i remember they put it in front of paul hollywood he was just like <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah that basically the show has everything <laughs> yeah it, there is something for everyone <laughs> and i think like with bell and sue making dick jokes i think both of them are lesbians yeah oh so, yeah i i, I, I think, which is bell which is sue but i think at least one of them is yeah i might be speaking out of out of school on that um, but I think one of them is a stand-up who who is well. They have quite a open. comedy show together, right? I think that was like. I, I want to look this of... up. Yeah. Just because I'm paranoid about which which one's the brunette? Is that Mel or Sue? Mel is the blonde. Okay, so I'm pretty sure Sue is. I think because I yeah, because I remember asking Krista or Krista telling me or asking her about it. Um, so Mel is married to a man and sue is god bless wikipedia in the personal life section yes she is <laughs> in tw- august 2012 this is my favorite part of any podcast when one dipshit looks up something he doesn't know on the internet mm-hmm. in august 2012 perkins appeared on tattler's list of high profile profile lesbians in london <laughs> so sue <laughs> is a lesbian Okay. And I also don't know. Sandy. Oh, I did. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> she has a haircut that made me assume that because of stereotypes that I'm a shitty person. I'll just say what it is. Well, um, 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that comes up in the show too. Uh, like I forget some of the ways they've said it, where it's like you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I got that reference because I, you know, because I know that. But it, you know, it usually comes up in a subtle way or something like that. Um, or a, a lot of times they'll 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 uh, one of the the favorite things is Noel make short jokes to her. Like mm-hmm. every time someone's baking a gingerbread house, it's like, oh, this is Sandy's house. Like that's like his <laughs> go to crack against her. Gotcha. But I feel like she made a joke one time where it was something like, oh, this is Sandy's house. And she's like, oh, if it was my house, it would have to be two gingerbread women or something. Like, there's a joke somewhere <laughs> along those lines where it's kind of like snuck in and you're like, oh, that's cute. You know, like. Yeah. I, I Lesbians making dick jokes is the best way to receive them. That, that's my opinion. <laughs> to receive dicks? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, and Matt is also gay, too. So they've actually had like okay. a, a, a gay host in every single all, all iteration. So which I wonder is like, was that intentional or is it just kind of work out that way? Again, like maybe because they're British, it's not as much of a hang up. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Sure. You know, like, you know, maybe they don't. I feel like in America, it's either we don't want to have a gay host because it might offend people who, who are homophobic or, okay, well, we've got to have a gay host, you know, as opposed to like, okay, this person, you know, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, or, you know, or just for the sake of general diversity, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, but that's, that's sort of been the, uh, the way it has been, whether that's been intentional or not something. So, but I think, yeah, like, I think Matt was the only one to really just like, I think episode one, he's like, well, I'm a gay man. So, and then he made a dick joke and it was like, <laughs> okay, so we're just right off the gate. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, what other jokes are you supposed to make while you're baking? You know? Yeah. There's a lot of kneading and massaging and yeah. making things into loaves and yeah. <laughs> things getting hard, you know? And... <laughs> I think that Wanting was one of the jokes one time. Moist, someone... but not too moist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Having a soggy bottom. You should not that... have told me you hate that word so much. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm like, now I have to think about it. Now I'm going to say it as much as possible. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I think that was one of the jokes they made one time where someone was like, was like trying their, their dough was like too soft or something like that. And it's like, oh, well, why don't you do it? But, you know, and they were you doing it in the mixer and like, oh, well, why don't you do it by hand if you want it to get harder or something like that? And it was just like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I forget about that. I feel like I recommended this show to my mother, and now I feel uncomfortable about having made my, that My mom watched it first, <laughs> so maybe that's why she didn't recommend it to me. Like, oh, I'll, I'll blush knowing my son is watching these jokes. <laughs> but it's also, like, it's so casual, right? Like, the way they're, yeah. they're like, they're setting up a, a, a dick joke, but it's not just like, oh, like, right, yeah. waiting for a chorus of O's from bros. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that should be a new segment on the podcast. O's from O's bros. From bros. <laughs> if we ever have like letters or tweets, that's what we'll call it. O's yep. from bros. <laughs> so I don't know that I know too many cast like competitors' names over the years. I know specific ones that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I, I can remember specific like bread sculptures, but not. I, I it, it's a hard. I haven't like logged them away like baseballs right. yeah. stats. There, you know, there are very few names. I'm, I'm bad with names in general, even like with people I meet in person. So yeah, so like, but th- there there are a few 
but yeah, it's also tough too. Cause it's like, I feel like you're, you have a favorite and then they're off the show and you're like, okay, forget about them. I'm not going to see them again. Okay. This is my new favorite, you know? And, um, but I think, uh, one of the ones I think Krista's absolute favorite was, um, Rahul, who was, I think in one of the later seasons mm-hmm. and he, he was the, the kid who was just like very, like, I think he was the first one to get a handshake during the, uh, uh um, showstopper. Because oh. usually when Paul gives a handshake, it's during the signature challenge right. at the beginning. But and it, but it was this it was this you know, he's this really quiet kid, really like down on himself. And Paul's like eating, and he's like, "Come here!" And the kid's like, oh. "He comes walking over with his head down, and he puts his hand out to shake his hand, like because of how good his showstopper was." Yeah. <laughs> and like, and he ends up uh, well. Okay, spoiler alert: he ends up winning the whole the whole that season. Um, and and one of the the favorite lines was like. Uh, what was oh yeah like they're interviewing him at the beginning and he's like yeah you know every every day before it starts you know i have a glass of milk so that's you know and, and he's talking all of a sudden he just like pulls up a glass of milk and starts drinking he's like, oh i didn't know you meant right now <laughs> and uh what was one of the other things too where he's like i think he won like the technical challenge and he's like yeah it's good that i won but Usually every time something good happens, something bad follows. So <laughs> just like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and and that's the, the thing, like line. the ones that are like so down on themselves end up doing really, really well. Yeah. Like I, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it was one, I think, uh, uh, yeah, Noel, I think comes over to watch him and he's like, Oh, you know, am I, am I distracting you? Do you want me to leave? He's like, no, you can stand here and watch me dooming. <laughs> and it was just like that i feel like yeah that, that's too, sort bro. of the, the quote too. of the generation yep, <laughs> yeah like. yeah i i remember the lion sculpture out of yep. bread that that's that whole season is really solid i think that's the season yeah. i've seen the most um i think his name was paul because i remember yeah that that's like, right oh, yeah it's the same yeah the other paul and i i, I something else i like about the show is like there's such different personalities and aesthetic styles and like Mm -hmm. i really love that like there's not really a huge there's there's a generational difference in who i feel like in a lot of uh, american shows it's like everybody's the same age Mm. right like everybody's like yum young and shiny and dumb yeah and but like i i don't know like you've got a grandmother who this is something i make for my grandkids at christmas they really like it paul's Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't eat this. Like, <laughs> and then there's like the guy who's like an engineer and built his own like like mold to be able to like bake the bread in a specific shape. Yeah. Like that's something. And also like, I feel like I discovered breads with like savory shit in them from this show. I don't know that I ever processed that you could put like chicken. <laughs> in a loaf of something i don't like i don't know like there's so many of those things where it's like that sounds really good but i never would have put those two things together yeah i think like that's a uniquely british like how pastries and stuff in in europe especially are presented are very different than in the u.s like we got donuts we got bagels that's the breakfast shit that you you bake in the morning that's like right so that that's also muffins. Really cool. Yeah, you yeah. can do that. You know that. Yeah, I feel like muffins is where we go nuts. It's like, oh, you can have cranberry nut, and you, you know, like. Right. But yeah, usually it's like if you have a loaf of bread, is well, is it white or is it wheat? Right. Yeah. You know? So that that's yeah. One of my one of my favorite contestants. His name was Selassie. 
I also think that's yeah. one of the coolest names ever. Yeah. Like he, he, he was really cool. And that's the he thing. Was, like, yeah. I, I feel like when it gets down to like the, the wire, a lot of the aesthetics end up being different. Like everybody thinks like there's one girl who's like super pristine and really executes like small details and it tastes good. And it's, mm-hmm. and she's pushing herself every different challenge. So like there's all the, and then there's somebody who's like, it's simple, but it was dead on. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it should taste. It's perfect. It was perfectly timed, all that stuff. Like yeah. it really, it really plays between like kind of the extremes of all the ways you can be a baker. Like, yeah, which is really cool. Now I want to, I need to watch some more of the show. I, yeah, I, I need to give, uh, the, the later seasons more of a break. Like I, I've, I've settled into them now. I'm not, I'm yeah. not as disappointed as I was before. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, as their dynamic shifts, like it, it it's Noel's funny. Like he, he is, but he's just a ga- un, unwieldy, gangly, weird dude to kind of have in the background of this, like, yeah very prim and proper british scene <laughs> we should watch uh have you seen uh one of the i think it's not the master class but how they have the like the holiday like yeah where he's got where, the the sweater on yeah yeah uh, but yep. also yeah how selassie comes back in one of those and i love how oh. paul's like i missed you selassie <laughs> like, he, he says he makes some criticism oh like oh your log looks kind of messy and he's like you don't find perfect logs in the forest and he's like there it is <laughs> <laughs> I love how Selassie was like so cool. Yeah, and just like anything, he never like he, his timing was great because he came back exactly long enough to think of something good. Mm-hmm. Like it was, just, and it was zero effort. Like not not showing on his face, just like right right back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. There's so many people who just like so so cool, like such great people, you know. And it's like. Again, which was such a contrast to watch Blown Away and see that one guy who's just like, hey, screw you, man. Like, what, why do you think you're better than everyone? You know, and it's like, like, I don't I don't remember ever seeing anyone with that kind of attitude through all of Great British Baking Show, you know. The, one of the frustrating moments was where they were doing a dessert and somebody took this guy's ice cream, oh, the ice out, cream of the out of the freezer. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like in the sh- in the show he doesn't throw her under the bus about it. Mm-hmm. He does throw his stuff away and gets eliminated because he had nothing to show. Right. But like, what a different tack to take than the American show where it's like, fuck her. She did this. I would have right. been fine. Like, and it it wasn't like she did it maliciously. I think she pulled it out and just forgot about it. Yeah. Like in the speed of it, like it never felt like, it's a frustrating moment, and it was like, well, fuck, she sh- she should have some kind of like uh, um, consequence for doing right. that. Well, and that was one of the weird things too that that that's always bothered me about the show is like I feel like they don't all have their own refrigerator or freezer, mm. so they're all kind of scrambling to share. And it's like if you're going to put it in the one that's closest to you, but oh, there's already one in here. Do I go put it in the one that's across the room? You know, and it's like you know, they, I feel like they don't have those assigned to them. Or like sometimes as as people get eliminated, there are extra tables. Like people start taking up two tables and using two ovens. It's like, okay, is that fair? Is everyone get to use two? You know, like, um, 
So yeah, like that kind of seemed like it's, it, it was a, a problem that maybe shouldn't have happened. Cause I, I remember she says something like, Oh, well, you should have used your freezer or something like that. Like, yeah. so it's like, yeah, did, was he assigned another freezer and he did the wrong one? Like, so yeah, whose fault? But then I like how she m- mysteriously like didn't show up for the rest of the show. Like, mm. I think the next, maybe she was on the next one, but then all of a sudden it was like, Oh yeah, she's, she's not feeling well or, or something. And then she just was never on again. So I don't know if either huh. maybe they did kind of boot her off or if she quit because she felt bad or something or if she actually did have health problems but like i remember that was a weird thing where it's like all of a sudden like oh yeah she just wasn't there and then i think that was when they were able to do the whole like nobody's going home this week you know because they you know right. they already had someone leave so it was like yeah those are my favorite moments when they do those person going home this week is nobody <laughs> next week two people are going home and it's like oh gosh <laughs> i don't know it's yeah it's it's I remember, yeah, like when I forget what my perspective was, what I exactly had said, but I, this is sort of the feeling. And I remember I was like, I got to tell Joel about this when we're talking about the podcast is like, I just, I I feel like a a, a chunk of my life has, this is going to sound ridiculous and and overly dramatic, but but it's like lost meaning. Like, it's just like, it it just became this cornerstone of my day. (laughs) And now it's just kind of like, Oh, we're just watching. Other, what do you want to watch? I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Like, let's, let's try this. You know, we might we might rewatch some other. Like I said, we watched um, Rutherford Falls, which is amazing. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and everyone should watch that. But it was also just like it just wasn't the same. Like it, it's it's just I've I've felt off since we started stopped watching. It. You know, it's a very calming show. Like, yeah, it, it definitely like Tina will use it to fall asleep too. Yeah, just because it's such a like. Like See, I don't know. I could do level. that. Might make me hungry when I'm trying right, to fall asleep. Right, right. Well, but... that's my problem with that's <laughs> yeah. that's why I have to stop. It's like either we need to get some food in the house, right, or we need to stop watching this and move to something else. Yeah. Well, that's why it was perfect for us. We watched it while we ate, so there wasn't like we're going to watch it and then be like, "Oh shit, now I want to eat." What do we do? It's like, yeah, no, like like that's the that's the intention behind it, and it, you know, and it's like. You're always like excited about the food you're eating, even if it's not what you're eating, what you're watching. But um, <clears throat> yeah. And now it's just like we're watching other shows, <laughs> I guess. Well, for the longest time we were watching uh, Bob's Burgers mm. and we just over and over and like we got to a point where we have to switch to something else. But and then we started doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. And then in the later seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like every other episode is kind of a bummer. Because they're dealing with real world shit. It's like I, yeah. I am chewing <laughs> a lot of bacon right now. <laughs> Can we do something a little, little more bacon snacking? <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're kind of we we we're, we're needing something new to watch to fill fit that. Because I guess I, I always look down kind of metaphorically at people who had like TV trays back in like the sixties and they would sit and watch like the honeymooners or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, that's what we fucking do. Cause like, yeah, I, I want to fucking relax. It's the end of the day. Let me have my DiGiorno pizza and watch <laughs> big yeah. mouth, for example. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't have to uh, segue that. I was going to say we could. I mean, I mean, that's the thing is like, there are so many seasons I could, we could talk about just baking show for hours, but you know, that's, it's something that like I I never have a problem recommending to anybody. Mm-hmm. I think there's so few shows where you're like, 
most people will enjoy this. Yeah. Um, they got in trouble recently, though, right? They did a, like, supposed to be, like, a Chinese-themed or a Japanese-themed episode where half the dishes were not from Japan. Oh. It was just, like, here's Asian food, because that's was that <laughs> specific. That it hasn't aired yet, maybe? So I don't, I don't remember that happening. I think it's, like, the most... It might not be on Netflix. Yeah. Because I know they've... I've been, I follow them on Instagram, and I saw that they've been doing, like... Um, there was one like i think for charities there was one like where daisy ridley was one of the contestants Mm -hmm. and then a more recent one where james mcavoy was one of the contestants um so i'm like like yeah waiting for so i wonder if it was in with those so i'm wondering if they're doing it yeah it's just like a one and done like let's quarantine a few people do Mm -hmm. one weekend one episode kind of thing yeah but yeah that that's the that's the only negative thing is like Mm -hmm. one episode where they did not do any research about the yeah. region where these things came from. I don't know well, plus, what that's about, but. And I feel like they've done that with other either like, you know, like regions within Britain, you know, mm. like, Oh, we're going to, you know, this comes from this. And it's like, sure. Like if it's within your kind of your area, you right. know, as opposed to like, Oh yeah, we're going to do Australian food. I don't know anything about Australian food, but sure. Let's try it. You know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like anytime someone's like, I don't really watch cooking shows. It's like, this this is the one to watch if you don't yeah. really watch cooking shows because it, it it's all the best things about a cooking show and all the best things about a competition show with yeah. none of the negatives of those yeah. shows and all the best things about humanity <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> that's the way you transition into a show that represents <laughs> the exact fucking opposite of the best of humanity <laughs> Netflix's big mouth oh, um, my, my favorite part about big mouth was your your reaction when you started watching it so i you uh, were I'm there right the, yeah for the origin of you yeah yeah you telling us about it <laughs> well because didn't we watch like the first episode like half of the first episode together oh maybe i, I, I think, think i'd already was... seen it or something Maybe. But it was and like then, a post, yeah. like, I feel like it was either before we were recording for Movie Mumble or afterwards. Oh, like we were eating or something like yeah, that. Somebody yeah, somebody threw it on and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm covered for our listeners. I'm covering, covering my genitals because I feel uncomfortable and exposed. Like, I, yeah, I had heard about it and usually the, the thing, like, Nick Kroll, John Mulaney working on anything. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fucking there. Like I watched Mulaney as it came out. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish watching Mulaney, <laughs> but I watched the first couple episodes as it came out. Uh, oh, hello! I like the Kroll show. Like I think Nick Kroll is is the the less desirable of the two, but still mm-hmm. really funny. Um, and Kroll's show was like kind of a placeholder until Key and Peele did their show, and it's like, oh, they're doing this better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember dipping back into kroll's show to kind of check it out and i watched like an episode or two and i'm like okay i get it but i'm not interested <laughs> but it was firstly, enough first mostly <laughs> see I, I i don't even remember much of it except that uh i remember that he did do that character that uh what's her name lola is based on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was just like oh, okay like yeah that's her okay got it you know like so this so there's some carryovers from like 
their actual life, but then also some of his characters made their way into it. As, you know, so it was like, okay. Yeah. And but, then I really like, they have a, a, a show called Pondsylvania. <laughs> and yeah. it's these two guys, one's from Pittsburgh and one's from uh, uh, Philadelphia. And they're pawn pawnbroker guys who have like this warring rivalry. <laughs> Welcome to Pennsylvania. They're just like these really thick accents. It's it's so stupid. <laughs> so I think I had seen I I hadn't seen anything about it other than like it was coming out. I think you had recommended it. We put it on, and I was just like really uncomfortable watching it. And then I watched. Even now, as I'm rewatching it now, it's not something I feel comfortable watching with somebody else in the room mm-hmm. or like on anything but my headphones. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's because I feel so fucking seen by this show. <laughs> and it's such a great mirror for how gross and confused and shameful my adolescence was. Like, I, it's, it's so uncensored about it. And like, that's the thing, like it so well represents what it feels like to be in middle school. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's not prettying it up for you in the same way life isn't fucking prettying it up for you. Right. This is what it feels like. And it, it, I, it's a great show for that. And as I've, as I've gotten into like the first time I watched through the second season, that's all that was there. And then when the third came around, I started the first episode as I got grossed out and was like, I, I can't do any more of this. And then recently I've been want like, because I've been kind of bored and like not wanting to rehash the same stuff again, I just put it on in the background to have a different collection of voices, basically just Nick Kroll and Mulaney doing 16 characters. Right. And then these other little, snl alums and then like really funny like pimento is in this manzukis is jay and he's fucking great um like and then uh uh jordan peele plays uh the ghost of duke ellington and then it's uh um jenny slate who's no longer with the show because she is left because she wanted missy to be played by somebody of mixed race right um i think she's done other voices on the show since yeah, then though because yeah, i did see that happen in season four when the changeover happened so i think she still might be but although she's also on the great north now too so yeah great no it's great we, we oh, yeah. that, that's a whole nother episode yeah. <laughs> um, we'll come back to that <laughs> yeah and then like maya rudolph is on the show she plays mm-hmm. the the monstrous like it, it's it's really good. I think Ali Wong is in it too. I think she plays. She comes in oh, as the the pansexual kid in. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There are a bunch of voices. I'm just like I recognize that person, but I can't place who it is. Sometimes I get lazy and I just don't bother to look it up. But yeah, like it, it's it's like a comedy powerhouse. Like everybody mm-hmm. who's anybody <laughs> who's also friends with Mulaney and Kroll. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean what's your origin like how did you discover it what was your reaction to it initially um i mean i think i mean my reaction was like i i loved it right off the bat because it's 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 gross yeah it's uncensored it's like it's it's dirty but it's also like i i think the fact that like 
that they're dealing with puberty, I think is also just really smart. And I think it's like in a weird way, I think it's doing some good in the world. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a bunch of like, I mean, yes, it's full grown people playing these children, but it's not a show where it's like full grown people just being gross because they're maladjusted. You know, it's like, yeah, like this is what that time was life. And I, I feel like, part of the point of it is, is, you know, maybe for people, I mean, not for people to feel seen and feel insecure about that, but for, for people to remember, you know, cause that's what I'm thinking too, is like, well, who is this for? Because kids this age now should not be watching this. Like this would be helpful for them to see, I think, to know that other people are going through what you're going through. But I think it's both for, yeah, like adults now who are like, I was a gross pervert going through puberty. And it's like, no, everybody was a gross per- pu- pervert going through puberty. Like, Cause I feel like that's, you know, like with the whole shame wizard thing, like that's the worst part about it is all yep. this guilt you're feeling, but you're dealing with all these emotions that you don't know how to handle. And you feel like you can't talk to anybody because they'll, they'll think you're a gross pervert, which you are, but so is everybody. So it's okay. You know? And, and that was something some, so great about like Andrew had the hormone monster, but nobody else could see him. Yeah. And then at some point, like he hadn't told anybody about him. And then, like, when Nick has his show up or when, like, somebody else has it, like, they they were able to relate about it once they finally talked about it. Because right. otherwise, you're just in your own head and you're like, is this just me? Am right. I an awful, perverted person? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I think it does a really good job of, like, though, as they have these metaf- metaphorical representations of these feelings emerge they've also incorporated them in a way that makes sense for the kind of isolation and individualistic nature of experiencing puberty. The isolation there is something that's really well captured. Yeah. And every time you think you're okay, something else shows up like with the anxiety m- mosquitoes. Yeah. Like that shit's like, Oh fuck another one. And but I mean, that's how it feels. Yeah. And the depression kitty. Yeah. That, that one, Recently, that one hit pretty hard. It's like, oh, that's exactly how it feels. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, she'll just like lay down and just like, isn't it nice and comfy? Stay. It's like, oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you were saying you 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 liked it instantly and yeah, Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah, like I said, everything about it. Like I liked that it was it was gross and unapologetic. But I like the fact that it wasn't just gross for the sake of being gross. It was kind of dealing with stuff and, you know, and, and, and it, yeah, it was very, yeah, very real in that sense. And, you know, I feel like kind of making it possible to like retroactively laugh at yourself during puberty, you know, because of like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, these things that I did, they were, they were really gross. And it's like, but you know, everybody had their thing that they were doing. And um, I think I realized that too, at one point, like, you know, talking to people years later and like, you're hearing like, oh yeah, this is this thing I used to do. And it was just like, you know, being at the point where it's like, oh my God, like, uh, like, oh, you know, kind of almost judging them, but it's like, okay, but I had my things, but like, I never would have thought to do that, but okay, good for you, man. You know? And like, uh, like, like, well, like the example, like with Jay, where he's like, oh yeah, I warm up bags of soup and, put it in the pillow and, fuck it, and then I eat the soup. What? It's in a bag. You know, it's like, you, you know, there's that like thought the process, logic, where, you know, that you establish. Yeah. I also, I got to that where, uh, uh, Andrew's starting to have OCD, it seems like. Yep. Yeah. And that, I was like, that, oh, that's shit. when I felt seen. That I was, was the- like, oh, fuck. <laughs> You're like, this like, is Tim. 
And for so long, it was me being Andrews. Like, that little shit is a problem. And I was exactly like him. <laughs> and I, yeah, feeling like tall and lumbering and like gross and horny all the time. Like, I just seen, just gross mm-hmm. scene. <laughs> The 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 realization that they have, I think, in the first or second episode of the first season, that girls get horny too, and their heads explode. Right. I was like, that's exactly what it felt like. And then when when in the second season, uh, the girl shows up with boobs, she's mm-hmm. developed boobs, yeah. And then it starts ha- like that's exactly how it felt in middle school. It was like pop 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 pop, mm-hmm. like, yep. and I. I don't know how accurate it is it is to the female experience, but it's definitely something where I've like I feel like I've learned from the show, right? Like I think like what it, it, it how it talks about menstruation mm-hmm. unapologetically, it, like in in the detail that it does. Like I think it's really good for having done that because it's shit I didn't know and were not taught, right? Like to this level. Something related to that. Did you see? I don't know how many ad things you've watched, but have you seen that? Uh, um, oh fuck! What's her name? Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Oh, okay. Is now doing tampon and Tampax commercials. Oh, and I mean, they're like informative. Like I feel like I knew. Like I don't know. I hadn't watched this long. <laughs> I hadn't watched ads for a long time, mm-hmm. but it was like the first time, and it was the right spokesperson. Like Amy is the one to tell you. This is for a hard, a heavy float day. Right. This is for a normal float. Like, right. and it's a combination. It's not this works and fits every time. Like, I don't know. And it's like it's not a pristine mystery. It's not always or the secret right. or it's just this is how it fucking works. Right. I don't know that that was that's part of the show that I really appreciate is that it's it's gross for everybody. And mm-hmm. grossness I wasn't aware of, and I now understand better as a result of it. I like, I, yeah, I yeah. Like know. I feel like it is, it is educational in that sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Where it's, you know, or I mean, even if it's not about like the 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 sort of sexual part of the, the sexual development of puberty, but yeah, the things like yeah, like the depression kitty and the Tito, the anxiety mosquito, and the shame mm-hmm. wizard and the hormone. You know, it's like it's all aspects of that. You know, and it's like, um, yeah, like I, you know, I was, I was really surprised and kind of like kind of grateful when when they started started showing andrew having like you know obsessive you know his routine you know and yeah. and of course the one time he deviates his grandfather dies so right. that was his fault you know i was just like yep i mean that didn't happen to me where someone did die but that was the fear if you deviate from this thing someone's gonna die and it's gonna be your fault you know and i so yeah i love that it was just like yeah like this isn't just me having these thoughts and having to feel like a weirdo you know i mean i mean granted as as a kid it would have been more helpful but yeah my parents would never let me watch this show i think if i had kids i don't know that i would let them watch this show like i don't know then again maybe i would it's like if they're experiencing it and you know it's like why you know i mean why make it something that they're not supposed to you know oh i'll tell you when you're older it's like but i'm doing this right now this is what my body is doing so maybe that's the thing maybe that's the wrong attitude to have maybe kids should be watching this now as they're going i was thinking that too but it's also like i i don't know that i would developed enough like cerebrally to like process it from the 
I think from like a looking back on it perspective, I mm-hmm. can see like where I went wrong and how it, how it all affected me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, but yeah, like the other thing is like kids are gonna watch what they're gonna watch. Like, yeah, it, it, there's not much you could do to to <laughs> to stop it. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, it, and Mulaney is just like. With Andrew's character, he's doing all of the wild shit, like all over the map, like, and they, I, I think they deal really well with like we said this thing that is over the line and gross and sounds wrong, and they just wave at it at it as they move past it to something else that's worse. Like mm-hmm. it does not back off, and I think that's really kind of why it works mm-hmm. is because there's nothing that's taboo in the discussion and they, they they'll go to these extents and stuff hormone monsters will say is just super fucked up. And they always have somebody reference. He's like, that's not okay. But isn't it though? Like <laughs> <laughs> it could be like, I, it's just, it's a really good representation of how it feels like in your head mm-hmm. as, as that age, like it's crazy. Yeah. And I like, um, uh, the so have you seen pin 15 no okay so the that the the episode where the two women from pen 15 were on oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the cafeteria girls yeah i didn't know that that's who that was yeah until you just said that makes sense yeah so no that was great because we yeah we had we that was one of the shows we had watched a, a while back in it so it was great to see kind of this like oh look there's you know kind of like what they did with queer eye where they showed up on on uh yeah big mouth <laughs> as themselves so this was kind of similar not exactly the same but it was great and then how like you know they make that reference to like oh you know i don't get it it's just like gross for the same you know and their kids you know and like so it was it was this kind of thing where it was like kind of making fun of itself but the, you know because they're essentially in a lot of ways the same show except yeah. you know the big mouth focuses mostly on andrew and and nick and this is on you know the the two girls you know um but yeah like i I think that's one of the things that was weird too like kind of seeing at least it's a cartoon you know it's like okay but there are definitely elements on pen 15 that are really weird because you've got like like they're like i think in their 20s or whatever or 30s and they're playing like seventh graders or whatever, but all the rest of the kids are actually that right. age. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's super awkward. And I mean, it, which, which is great, you know, it adds to the, the cringe factor of it. Um, right. But yeah, I like, I like how, the, you know, that perspective of big mouth kind of when presented with that mirror was like, Oh, that's just weird and gross. Like, who is that for, you know, like... <laughs> What's his appeal? <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't realize this. I don't think they had mentioned it previous to the the, the third season. Mm-hmm. But there's a line from Documentary Now where they're doing the co-op musical episode. Okay, and, we just rewatched that. So, okay, that's And Mulaney is explain. You've been doing something wrong for seven weeks, and I want to fix oh, the, it now. The ruined, ruined. In Big Mouth, every time they say ruined. They say ruined every time <laughs> and every time it comes up, I laugh so hard because that's nice. one of my favorite lines from documentaries, like the whole series. She's going to say harpoon the first time, but that's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> How would you kill a whale? I'm really intimidated by you. You harpoon it. <laughs> now take off the H and the A on the R. Poon. That's just the P to an R. <laughs> 
makes me really happy that they there's only one way to say it and just kind of like the 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 inside joke that that is because they'll reference like Mulaney's work and and crow's work and like yeah well yeah like um like i don't know if it's it's his name but the um um um, what's his name the 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 straight smarts like the 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 binder like he's that that detective detective is a character yeah binder (laughs) (laughs) did we ever figure out who the ponytail strangler was i don't think we did oh yeah i don't know weird that's what happens with shows like we have too much time in between seasons you're just kind of like what what's going on (laughs) the the one thing i really can't stand is the old hormone monster oh god yes that guy is so gross and i mean coach steve also are just gross skeezy like that's the curl stuff. I'm just like, oh, why? <laughs> At least with Coach Steve, like, there's there's this part of him that's just like he's 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 so he's such a nice guy, and like you kind of are just like you're kind of rooting for him. You know, it's like, oh, good for you. You got to make thick in the warm. Good for uh, you. <laughs> uh. And the fact that Jay is like not not a dick about it, like. With with his his mom, right? Like they're oh, like yeah, be- yeah. they're like friendship kind of evolves and stuff. Right, like, yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. Jay, I I didn't really like as a character, but the more I see of him, the more I like. Like I I really like Jason Manzugas. Well, he always I feel like in the beginning, things. wasn't he just kind of an asshole? Like yeah. the, the character, yeah. But then he kind of like, oh, it's just you know, you see how he grew up, and you see you know, right. you kind of see him. I think you know. I forget that if they reference that where it's more of like him trying to, what is that? That whole like fear of rejection thing. So you kind of push people away so you don't have to want to get. So it's like, yeah. So I thought that was brilliant that it's like, take this guy who's like, he's an asshole. Why is he here? And it's just like, Oh man, like he's a kid and his whole family are assholes to him. No wonder he acts like that. But then he kind of finds himself in his rhythm and finds, you know, Oh, he's into magic and, you know, and, and then the episode yeah. where like he he's staying with Nick's parents. Yeah. And then he they're taking like the the standardized tests and they show what's his brain like. And then they give him Adderall and it like shh, like I thought that was a really good kind of like uh, uh visualization of that also like that mm-hmm. that kind of like the reason why he's so intense is like his brain is loud. Like yeah. <laughs> it's 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 everything is fighting for his attention and that's that's negatively affecting him and then yeah. he turned right around and sold the drugs <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it's and i think it's it's been pretty good about trans representation that was something i was interested to see if they would go mm. into i think they handled that pretty well they they're starting to do more with race which i think is great like i i think they they did it a little little late in the game if i'm honest but like it's they're they're doing a lot more about like sexual taboos and that kind of stuff and depression and that that kind of stuff but well i wonder if part of that too is like i mean you know it's it's was it andrew goldman is that like the other creator Uh like the the real andrew you know so i mean I feel like they were probably starting with their experiences, right. you know, and gradually building, you know, as, as the show's kind of taking off and as they're kind of, you know, more of the other, you know, actors who have been playing these kind of like supporting characters, like their stories are starting to be told more now. Um, 
so yeah, so I can kind of see why, like, you know, why it started with, yeah, like, I feel like Nick and Andrew were definitely like right. the centerpiece, but now it's like, it's become more of an ensemble. So like, right. as you know, they've, they've got as Missy more, has developed yeah. as a character, like, it, I think they've done a lot of good with her character. And I'm really, really excited that they're, they're not, not talking about race, you know? Right. And I think they, they've kind of represented it well is like, when when she goes and sees her family in Atlanta, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that that kind of opens her eyes to it because she just interacts with the world based on like her mom who is Jewish and her dad who is black and how she interacts with them. She's kind of isolated. It doesn't really have a community. And Dev Devon, who is also <laughs> a Devon and is married and an old man, like just weird <laughs> shit. But like that, their whole connection and their exploration of like code switching and like identity was great like and i think like it it really that was a good way to kind of explain why it hadn't been front and center previous Mm -hmm. to that is like that's just missy's experience right and as you're getting older you're defining your identity either in line with or against your parents and that that development is really interesting and has been and done well and i i i think jay as a, a bi character is really cool and like the way that it wasn't like he didn't know he didn't just know and he mm-hmm. had to ask for advice he didn't and people the people he was asking for advice had no context like when you're a kid none right. of your friends are learned they don't have any experience right. either so yeah. like i i think there's a lot of questioning in the show and i think it does a good job of representing like you don't get the complete answer from people from other people but like having those shared ex- like discussions like gets you closer to the mark, and yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, because w- he was originally just a dude who knocked up a fucking pillowcase. Yeah, like that. That was like a really weird. Like, ah, do I like this kid? And then they get like, as he's 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 struggling with his identity. Like mm-hmm. that. That's really where you kind of latch onto that character. Yeah, and then him and Lola being together and just gross together. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely like there's a someone for everyone kind of thing, and yeah, and I like yeah. that they 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 play enough with kind of the shame thing where they show what it would be like without shame, and they have like this. It's basically the end of uh, uh, a sausage party, essentially oh, yeah. in the gym. It's just this disgusting orgy, <laughs> but like it all, I, I think it 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 shows how it feels in reality. And kind of the repercussions of, but it also is playing with the format so it can show you hypotheticals of like how much better would it be if you didn't have hangups and you didn't right. feel shame and you just could be you and those kinds of things. But it's also within the construct of like, okay, that was a dream. This mm-hmm. this isn't accurate. He he's shame wizard's gone, but not forever. Like so, <clears throat> yeah. It, it it's. Yeah, it, it's it's a great show, not one that I, I want to watch with other people. <laughs> it's like, let me have my private shame. I, I also love how, yeah, I think it was at the end, the most recent one was season four, right? Yeah. So I like how at the end of season three, like, shit was kind of fucked up you know like yeah. nick and nick and andrew were like in a fight i feel like you know andrew had kind of crossed over into just like being a straight-up asshole and it was right. just kind of like you know oh like you know and i i like that it kind of showed that there were these like consequences to their actions where it's like yeah even though you're going through puberty and you're really kind of confused about what's happening with your body like like you know you're if you 
do shitty things to people, like you're still being shitty, you know, and that that still was it. And, and how it took almost all season four for all of that to kind of be reconciled, you know? Um, and I remember like, I remember watching it and uh, like one of my favorite moments was, I forget exactly what they, but when uh, um, Jesse's hormone monster says something to her about like how, you know, it's always better to have like a friend who will apologize, you know, Cause like when, when like the whole thing with like her and Nick and then like he tried to kiss her when she was sad and she got really upset, but he kind of like realized he fucked up and she was like, no, Nick's an asshole. And it's just like, you know, that, that kind of distinction, you know, between like, is, is he an asshole or is he a person who did a shitty thing and is trying to learn from it and is sorry about it and, you know, still really cares about you, you know? And, um, you know, I wonder also how much of that is sort of part of the, uh, uh, response to kind of cancel culture, which not to say all of cancel culture is bad, but I feel like it's become, that's the thing is if someone does one thing wrong, like they're done for good, you know, as opposed to like, do they realize they've done something wrong and they want to make amends and want to learn from it and want to become a better person, which is more or we should be doing, you know, not just saying right. like, Oh, you said a bad thing one time, so you should just die, you know, <laughs> like, right. and uh, so I, yeah, I really appreciated that, you know, and again, it also helped that we were seeing, what Nick was going through and how he was struggling with his own stuff. And, you know, he was kind of not seeing Jesse's perspective, which, you know, yeah, sure. That happens all the time and, you know, misreading things. And again, not to say that, uh, um, you know, what he did was, was okay. You know, he was kind of in one place and reading the situation one way, but realizing like, Oh yeah, that was a shitty thing to do. I'm sorry. You know? And it's like, okay, like that's, yeah, that's what we want here is people to know the people that they're going to, do shitty things and make mistakes. And, um, and, and again, I feel like if they would have done that with just anyone, it might've been like, Oh, are we just trying to get, you know, forgive everybody for every shitty thing they're doing? Right. You know, it's not like, it's not like Todd Packer, you know, like, Oh, right. here's a cupcake. Forgive me. It's like, no, you're, you're a piece of shit, dude. Like, you know, right. but, but, but it was Nick and like, you saw what he was going through and you saw that, you know, he really cared about Jesse and he just happened to be like, you know, in a very different place from her at that time. So, um, it's also good at representing that kind of like the kid mentality of like, I don't know why I did that. I yeah. just responded to stimuli mm. and I had it in my head. Like, this is like a movie and this is what right. would happen in the movie. Right. And then yeah. when you try to explain it to other people, like they don't know what you're talking about yeah. and you can't really justify like, no, that was just, that was the wrong thing to do. I don't know why I did it. Yeah. I don't want to be, feel like this again. Like, and they, they do have a lot of like the, if they had just talked about it, but as kids, you don't do that. Right. You don't communicate like that. And it, it's, it re, it does that really well. And it's, yeah. it, I really like the friendship with Nick and Andrew where for a, a lot of like, they'll apologize and they'll be okay. But I, like you said, at the end of season three, it's like, sorry, it's not enough right now. Yeah. And it eventually becomes, and they're okay because the them going. I really liked that they went to to summer camp. Like mm -hmm. I really liked that, and the way they, the gross way that they end up reconvening, where he gives birth to these giant shits. Like God, it's a gross show. <laughs> but like that 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 kind of friendship, where like early friendship was like, a, I love you, I hate you, fuck mm -hmm. you, you did this, I don't want to play with you. I'm taking my ball and going home, and the next day you're on the porch again waiting for them to come by like yeah. that that dynamic is really well represented in it i, I also really like too that the whole thing 
where it resolved with like, you know, Tito, the anxiety mosquito and depression kitty, it wasn't that they were gone for good. Like right. they were smaller. Oh, like, Oh, at this size, you're, you're manageable and you're cute. It's like, it's, it's there. It's something that's like a part of you and it's with you, but it's not this looming, like cumbersome thing, you know, like the, like when, you know, she was giant, would just like lay on top of Jesse. It's like, right. Oh, here's this little cat. Yeah, I'm going to take you with me, you know? So I thought that was really good too. And yeah, it's not about like, Oh, I've gone through this one experience and all my negative emotions and whatever and are, are gone. It's about like, Oh, here's, here's a way to manage them, you know? And I, or like with Angela, like with the, with the breathing, you know, like it's like, how brilliant is that? They're in, you know, kind of inserting this into that show. Like, yeah, just stop and breathe for a minute. Like be surprised how well that actually does work, you know? And it, that was like, you know, that sometimes that's the answer, you know, it's not, it's not about, figuring something out or talking something out like just just yeah just fucking breathe like it, if it, especially if it's an anxiety thing and it's it's something that's going wrong in your brain you know you're not gonna be able to uh you know rationalize or whatever because it's not coming from a place of rationality you know it's coming from this imbalance and it's like okay just stop and breathe like give things a chance to fall into place and fall into perspective and i loved how that was kind of like one of the answers, you know, that, and, and, and the gratitude, you know, like how, like Jesse kind of learning. And I, I love that her. Res- far. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's at the very end then I guess. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, okay. So I won't spoil anymore, but yeah, like it, it basically, you know, we get to see them learning to deal with a lot of their stuff, you know, and how they deal with it is, is, you know, and, and how they kind of react to it at first and then how eventually they deal with it is, is you know, is great. Um, did you see the, was it the Halloween episode? Did you see that one yet? No, I haven't gotten that far. I was okay. going to look up how how far I actually had gotten. Yeah, I'm in episode eight of season four. Which one's that? There's the funeral. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm halfway through that. And then there's Horority House, which is, I yeah, think. Yeah, the, the Halloween and then, one. Yeah. And then the last one. But Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it 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 wraps up great i'll just i'll say that <laughs> now that i've already said a bunch of stuff because <laughs> i thought that yeah <laughs> fucking andrew i hate i hate how much like that character i am and also like how much further along that character was gross wise and incel wise and nazi wise and mansplaining wise and microaggressive wise like it, it's just like all of the worst things that I could have been and had been is in this one character. <laughs> well, and, and I, I, one of the things I like too, is that the, the difference between um, Nick's parents and Andrew's parents, Oh, which yeah. I wonder if that's part of like what they're trying to say. Like, like, yeah, there are times where you think Andrew's a piece of shit, but like, look who his dad is like, right. you know, his dad is basically the one who made him think he's a piece of shit, you know? And it's like, and, you know, you get, like, all of that uh, – actually, I don't know if that's come up yet. But, like, you know, you do really see, like, yeah, like, you know, it's kind of funny to be like, oh, he's this loud dad and he's really mean. But it's just, like, like that has that effect on a fucking child, you know, like, and how, like, nurturing Nick's parents are, you know, and everything. And it's like you – yeah, and like, I mean, the effect they had on Jay when they were taking care of him for a while, you know. So it's like you really do kind of see, like – you know, th- yeah, this mix of nature and nurture. And at some point you needing to kind of take control of those two things, you know, it's like, you know, yes, you have your biology and your hormones and the way your parents make you feel. And, and, and 
you get sympathy up to a point, you know, I feel like that's kind of the thing with Andrew where it's like, you know, this, this, this poor fucked up kid, like I get it, but it's like, yeah, at some point you've got to start making those better choices yourself, you know, and, and, you know, there's only so far you can blame it on your parents, you know, which I mean, and, and in the show, he's still a kid. So I feel like he's still in that realm. It's not like he's like 18, 19, 20 where he's moved out and it's like, okay, now you can actually make your own decisions, you know? Um, but yeah, and I think that's, that's something else they kind of deal with. I don't know if, if you've gotten there yet, but like, you, you know, like I said, it's, 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 I think it's also subtle too, because that's one of the things when you're a kid, you know, you don't necessarily realize how different your parents are from other parents, you know, yeah. um, even when you meet other people's parents, it's like, oh, well, it's because I'm not their kid, you know, so they're treating me this way they probably treat their kids the way my parents treat me, you know, and that mm-hmm. may or may not be true, you know? And, um, yeah, I think it was just, it's, 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 it's almost sad sometimes how something like that, that you think is really like, it's, it's funny how loud and angry his dad is all the time, but it's just right. like, fuck, I wouldn't want to grow up like that. Like no one why is a fucking mess, you know, and, and has all these issues and anxiety and whatever, you know? And, um, again, not that it excuses like the, you know, the incel aspects and stuff like that, but it's right. like, you know, it's like, how are you supposed to manage this one shitty part of your personality when you've got, you know, 50 other parts that have been imposed on you by your shitty parents, you know, and like making you feel like garbage, you know, like, like there was one line where it was just like, what was it? I don't know if it was a dream he was having or something like that, where he does something. Oh no, I think oh, I'm not going to say it because I think you're about to watch it. And it was just like, the moment was just, it was, it just encapsulated their whole, like the, the, the mom, dad, and, and Andrew all in like two lines of dialogue. And you're just gotcha. like, this is why he is the way he is. I see. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's, it's in the funeral episode. You say you're, you you have not watched it yet. Yeah. They just, yeah. his, his cousin that he's attracted to has just shown up with the coffin in the, the convertible. Oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, his dad is trying to kill his brother who is voiced by, uh, oh shit. Um, he's another famous Jewish actor. I can't remember his name. Clauberman is such a hard word to try and spell. <laughs> David Cross. That's right. Yeah. I don't know that he's Jewish. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Should just stop assuming that guy, <laughs> yeah. that other comedian. Comedian is the general correct term for he's, all these people. He's bald. <laughs> so yeah so anyway in this in that episode yeah there'll be a point you'll probably know it when you get to it you know based on what we've been saying but yeah it's it's basically like two lines of dialogue and you're like oh like it it, it stops being funny like it's funny but it also stops being funny um and that was that was great i don't know if i don't know if they intended for it to have that impact but it was definitely like it 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 definitely like hit me in the face was like oh shit like the yeah, like it was like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh that's no. <laughs> that's the whole show is that reaction. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. Well, I think God. that's the thing is for me, it took till that point for me to have that reaction. Everything else is like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's so fucking gross, but I love it. It's like being shown the inside of your head. Like I, I live in here. Yeah. But I don't want other people to know it's this bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Do you have a favorite character? It, it's tough because yeah, like, I mean, none of them are really that 
likable in terms of like, um, I guess my favorite might be in terms of who's funnier, which I think it's between Jay and Andrew. I mean, Andrew, of course, I'm partial to because it's John Mulaney. It's Mulaney. <laughs> you know, I, I, and, I mean, Nick, I've, I've realized Nick Kroll is good in the right circumstances. And like, I think that's the thing is like some of, some of the stuff like doesn't land for me, but some of it's brilliant. And I, I, I almost appreciate his more like touching stuff. Like when, when Nick is being more touching, but then the hormone right. monster is kind of like the, the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I always forget Nick Kroll was in the caveman TV show. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's a caveman TV show. So is it the, like the, the Geico caveman. Okay. Yeah. They had a, a inaugural series that's right i think we talked about ikea or an ikea adjacent and they go to like pinkberry and shit and they're awful like i i love the show i love it as an idea but there's a reason it didn't continue yeah right (laughs) but nick kroll is in it and he's like a really shitty shitty caveman (laughs) he's very shitty to his roommates Hmm. one of which is named joel maybe another reason why i like the show (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I, those two tend to be my yeah, like I really like the intense ladybug who keeps coming back like at random <laughs> intervals. Like he just there to comment on shit like mm-hmm. that's right, motherfuckers, I'm back. <laughs> um I I do like Hormone Monster because of like the consistency of tone. Mm-hmm. I love Monstress too. I think I think the Monstress has better lines and is funnier. Especially when she's Jesse's monster and, and Nick, Nick's, yeah, and having to go back and forth, like I, I really love that. Um, and then I think is it Mike? Michael is the uh, the gay kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I I really like that. Character. Or Andrew, Andrew, and no, no, Andrew's the Andrew's Mulaney. Oh no, Andrew's the actor's name. That's what. I, okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh. See now, I'm... Andrew Reynolds, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why they gave him a different. Because I feel like everyone has their original name, except mm-hmm. for you know Mulaney, who's playing you know the other creators, you know, parallel. But mm-hmm. so maybe that's why he's Michael and not Andrew, because it's already an Andrew. Gotcha. Let me anyway, just double yeah. check. There's a wiki for everything now. <laughs> yeah, Matthew McDell. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Oh, especially this season, it's been it's been heartbreaking for him. Mm. And they they really put Jesse through the ringer. Like Jesse has had yeah. almost the hardest journey of anybody. Like, yeah. And it's a great like portrayal of like, is it my fault? Also, fuck everybody and fuck yeah. you. And like, it, it's almost like because they don't have as many female characters, I feel like the two main female characters are Jesse and Missy. Yeah. It's like, well, Missy is dealing with race shit. So, Jesse, you're going to deal with all everything the, the else. female shit. You know, everything that has yeah. to do with being a woman. You're going to do all of that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I still don't know how I feel about Lola. Like, I don't know at what point are we going to have people's men stop playing women in things in like these like gross women. Like, I, you know, because like, I think that I don't know why they didn't just cast a girl to be that character like well, that, I, wasn't that it that like isn't that like based on a character that he did in kroll show where he was playing like but like also like if it is but why why 
why is that the archetype you're playing? Like, if you're going to write that character, just write it and have a woman perform it. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like I, that, that's, that's the one part where it's like, I've known girls like that, but I, I don't know that it's okay for Kroll to play them anymore. Does that make sense? I like, I I mean, yeah, I know. I mean the idea of it. Yeah. I mean, like, I think we've also talked about this with like Bob's burgers with like Tina and Linda, you know? Um, And I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm attached to those characters. Like I can't, Pick, like with Missy being voiced by someone else, like that was fine. Like I noticed it when it happened, like, oh, that's a different voice. But to me, it, the voice wasn't as integral to her character. Whereas like, mm-hmm. I can't picture Tina being voiced by anyone else, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, it fits the sort of like the, the, I mean, part of it is the pitch, but it's also the awkwardness, you know? And I mean, yes, maybe you could get a woman to kind of duplicate that so that it is, you know, but, um, and I don't know, I, you know, I, I know Lola, I, there's no attempt to mask the fact that Kroll is playing Lola, right? Like, right. Yeah. I think that's also part of the bit. I don't know. It's it, that that's something in recent years that I've been really kind of more sensitive to, like going back to Whitest Kids You Know, or even Monty Python, like, why do we have to keep putting men in women's dresses and making them caricatures and that's the joke. Like I I I don't I don't know yeah. why we're still doing that, what the value of that is. In a show that seems to get everything else right and also switched <clears throat> voice actors mid season right. as a result of wanting to more accurately repl- like I I don't know. Like I don't know. Yeah. Did Crow write that character is like no self-respecting actress is going to want to play this person. And maybe that's also a problem. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true too. Is like, you know, yeah. Like if it's like, okay, a woman should play this instead of me, but yeah, if no one would want to, because the way she's portrayed, okay, maybe she shouldn't be portrayed at all. It also seems weird too. Cause I do feel like a lot, I mean, maybe that's one of the things I don't know too, is like, did he know someone like that? Cause I feel like every other character is either seems to be based on someone that, that him or Andrew knew as kids or on the, the actors themselves as kids. You know, I assume that's why they have their own names, you know? Right. Um, you know, so yeah. So how much of Jason Manzoukas childhood was actually like like that. And that's what, you know, that's where it came from. Um, so was it just sort of like, you know, the character that Kroll plays on Kroll show, like, is that like based on someone he knew and that's why Lola ended up, or is it just, Oh, I like this character that I did on my show. Let's put her in here kind of for no reason to round out the cast. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I guess it's different. I mean, yeah, maybe that's the thing. It's, it's a different situation, but it doesn't, I guess it doesn't make it excusable necessarily that it's not just a character created out of thin air that it's like, oh, I'm going to voice this character. So to take the job away from, you know, a woman who could voice this character, but it's like, well, wait, this is my character that I used to play. Maybe he shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. You know, like, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the part of the issue. Um, It's the same, like in Key and Peele, like the Megan character. Right. Yeah. Is the same kind of character. And like, those are uncomfortable to watch. I, I don't know. Like it's, it's very, Though, when they do, I don't know, maybe I'm just, like, favoring the ones I find more funny. But they do, like, the Chris Brown video with Rihanna, and it's 
Keegan Michael Key is Rihanna, and mm-hmm. she's reacting to Chris Brown dancing and almost hitting her. Like yeah. a, as a result, like I that's I don't know that's problematic for other reasons. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, and I mean I guess that's part of it too. Is like I mean yeah, what, I guess what is the core of the problem? Oh well, it's a sketch comedy show done by these two guys. Like oh well, why don't why you is it have just, a yeah. woman? You know, and it's like okay, like, you know, if, if they were two guys, and again, I don't know their history, like, were they childhood friends? And they said, hey, let's start a show. Or, you know, is it something where it's like, oh, let's put this sketch comedy show together, you know, by some producer, let's pick these two guys, they're funny, let's make them do a show together. And, you know, it's like, okay, do we, do we have to involve a woman because we're just two guys that happen to be friends, you know, and it's like, it's like, it's, I don't know why, like, it made me think of this, like, with, with Rush, you know, like, Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson growing up being friends and playing together. It's like, you guys should have picked a female drummer because you're two dudes, you know, you need a, you need a woman in the group, you know, like, there there's sometimes that, that kind of, like, over, uh, I don't want to say overthinking, I guess, because the consideration should be there, you know, again, that idea of having people in the room. But then again, I think there's also the discussion of, like, okay, yes, like important decisions need to have people of varying backgrounds in the room making decisions, but it's like, okay, it's, it, it's, it's comedy and it's like, I don't know. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is tough. Yeah. Cause you want to say, ideally, yes, you would have a mixture of men and women in diverse backgrounds. And, you know, like <laughs> I mean, you look at even living color, they even threw in two token white people just to say like, okay, it's not just a black comedy show. Like we, you know, we have white people in here too, but, but, but that was a mix of men and women, you know, even the two yeah. white people, one was a guy, one was a woman. So it was like, okay, like we're getting that mix. Um, you know, I mean, I guess even, well, Chappelle show is a weird thing too, because it's like, okay, Chappelle show, like he's at the center, but then he has this extended cast of people he works with, but most of them were dudes too. And it's like, okay, but yeah. this is Chappelle show. So unless you're playing every part yourself, you know, like clump style, like you can't really, you know, and I don't know that he had, I mean, I think he had women in his sketches sometimes. Maybe that was part of it is like, okay, it's me and whoever else I want to bring in. Whereas like with Key and Peele, I feel like most of it was the two of them at, at least at the core. I mean, they had other people in, but they were usually yeah. auxiliary. So I don't the know. Chappelle yeah. show. Like, I don't think there was any drag in Chappelle's show. Yeah. That's well, true. no, yeah. he played, he trying to think like the, the racist hotline where it's like, here, let me predict what's going to happen to you based on like, he does mix Cleo's voice, but it's not, he's oh, not like right. dressed as Miss Cleo. He's like, they're like, James Chappelle is not a psychic. He is merely a racist and makes these <laughs> makes these right. assumptions based on stereotypes. <laughs> you're getting out, and you're gonna go back in six months later. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah I, don't I know. know. I, I know that. I know that not everything can be everything, but I'm. I'm just like now is the time to, to right. like you have yeah. access to the information and a huge wealth of talent and it it's like everything is getting better like key and peel is much more more uh, uh represents like a biracial experience and is more woke and more mm-hmm. less less homophobic and more representative of these different cult like different uh um life experiences but it's it's not quite there because there's still drag in it and then, mm-hmm. so like Big Mouth is good about like representing all these other things and, and be not being transphobic and not being homophobic and like dealing with shame and puberty and all of these things, but it still has this drag character in it. 
which is uh, like slowly shedding all of these like shitty stereotypical things that are no longer relevant and should not be used anymore. Like, I mean, just the history of like, they're not being female actors in Shakespearean productions mm-hmm. like that, that history of men right. taking roles away from women is a hugely ingrained thing. So like, I, I, it shouldn't be happening anymore <laughs> in the same way you wouldn't want a white man in, in yellow face or black face or right. brown face, yeah. like the Johnny five situation. Like that's not okay. That wasn't okay at the time, but like it's, it's, if they were to do that now, I, I can't, it would not be okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And then there's I, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> These are great ideas. Well, I don't know if they're great ideas, but they are ideas that yeah. aren't going anywhere. Right. <laughs> We're already in the segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I think that was, yeah, it's, yeah, cause I, I keep coming back to the whole Bob's Burgers thing. Yeah, because yeah. like I, I get it. I get the idea that you know we we shouldn't there shouldn't be like more jobs for men who are playing these female characters when we could have you know women actors playing them. But yeah, I guess it's just tough. Like once you're in it, it's like so. Yeah, so what do we do? Do we do we recast Linda and Tina? Do we, and I, I mean, with Lola, like I'm, I'm less cons- like if they wanted to make the change, I could be like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I mean, I could kind of take it or leave it, you know, like whatever, but like, like how much would it, would it change? It, it's it'd also be interesting to know too, like to, to how, <laughs> you know, again, what we always come up to white dudes, like, like how do women feel about it? Do they, are, are, are there women lining up saying, yes, you know, a man shouldn't be voicing Linda and, and Tina. We, or are they like, oh my God, I would stop watching Bob's Burgers if it wasn't the two of them, but you know, like that's you know, fair. Who knows, you know, is, yeah. and you know, and that's part of it too, is like, is it, um, is it slightly better? Because I don't, I don't know about Dan Mintz, but I think, uh, 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 John, what's his name? The one who does Linda's voice. Um, what is it? John, John something. Damn it. Starts with an R, I think. John Roberts. John Roberts. Okay. I was getting there. Um, you know, is it the fact that, that he's gay? So at least, okay. A, a gay voice actor is getting worse work doing this, this female role. Um, that's also actually, problematic too. Like why does, why does gay have to mean effeminate? And then why is you see, yeah. like I, there is something to be said about like, being outraged on behalf of somebody who it would actually mm-hmm. offend. That's definitely like a, a, a problem, but like, it's also like Linda is a really well-written character. Like that character is like my mom, like right. very, very like yeah. scary accurate. And, and Tina is a great kind of awkward female character that didn't really exist on TV previously. So like they're really important and I I they're important but they're not portrayed by women. Like why is are these really well-written arc new archetypes for female characters? Yeah. Like I I love the voices. Like uh, obviously I love that show and that we're going to have another uh, an episode specifically about that show cuz I love it so much. But like that that is a problem. But it's also like 
don't they have a lot of, of, of voice switching in that show? Like there's a lot of women yeah. playing men and men playing women. And like, well, yeah, like, like uh, the Silverman sisters do Andy and Ollie's voices. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that that might be how Bob's burgers is kind of getting in quotation, mark, getting away with it is mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, a pool of talent that they're using in all these weird different ways. Yeah. And it's not something where they're, there's, specifically taking voice acting roles away from women. They're just using the vocal talent for all of the different aspects that that's, that's valid, but they're not doing that in big mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, well, well, actually though, and like, cause that was one, cause I think, um, H. John Benjamin plays the, like the, the heavy set female teacher. I think he does her voice. Oh, Miss Lebans. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's kind of similar where it's like, okay, here's our lead character who is also voicing this, this kind yeah. of, you know, so, so yeah, is it, is it also a matter of like, well, they're here anyway, why don't you just voice this character? But again, like, why isn't one of the female characters who's, you know, why isn't Kristen Shaw also doing her voice? You know, I think, I think another thing in the category, which is maybe more problematic is on Family Guy, how the guy who does Cleveland's voice is white. Yeah. So yeah. like, and then had a yeah. show. Right. They gave yeah. him a show. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. And I wonder how much of that is was like because cause I mean it t- it took me years before I realized that. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't really think about that. You know, you just kind of have these characters and you know what, you know, that's the thing with voice acting, you don't see them. I mean, you know some of the ones like the ones who are famous, like you recognize right. Mila Kunis's voice and Seth Green and all that. Yeah, and I think that's interesting too is it like is that more or less problematic like or the same level of problematic you know is there is there an excuse or a reason or excuse for that or is that also just shitty and that's been going on you know for longer and like I don't, yeah i don't know and why had yeah why hasn't anything been done about that you know like it, yeah it's, it's weird too it's it's almost like this weird workaround for for doing blackface because it's essentially blackface but it's not just you're just not physically painting the person but it's like the voice behind this black character is a white guy shit yeah yeah you know and and what's 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 almost more shitty is it's not the type of blackface where you know some asshole white kid dresses as a black person for halloween and you know puts black makeup on like this white guy is making money playing a role as a black character like that that's that's the core of what blackface originally was like taking that you know so it's like yeah like sure this shitty white kid on social media is getting everyone riled up, but he's not getting paid to do that. This is just a shitty decision he made on Halloween. Right. Like this is the reason why that's a problem. And, and that's what's being done. But, yeah. which, you know, and again, you know, th- th- I guess that's what the whole thing is about too, is it's like, you know, whether it's a white person playing a black actor, a black character, or a, you know, a, a man playing a female character, like it's, you know, it's all in that same realm. And I guess, okay, to be fair, I think maybe, uh, I don't like them saying this, <laughs> maybe they should recast Tina and Linda because I feel like this is, this is where, and maybe, maybe we can cut this out if we don't want to get outwardly political on the podcast, but I feel like this is where Republicans will call, you know, or conservatives will call liberals out that, right. you know, liberals are, are kind of calling out all these people for doing things wrong but the the people who are a member of their kind of inner circle, like we're cool with that. Um, now it, it doesn't happen as often as they think it does where it's like, Oh, we're going to call out all these Republicans who are, 
you know, for sexual misconduct, but it's cool that everyone else who's a Democrat in Hollywood, it's like, no, it's like, you know, I feel like we, we will call out quote unquote, our own people. If mm-hmm. they're, you know, if there's sexual, sexual misconduct, I don't, I don't know of any exa- examples of trying to explain it away. Like, Oh, well, no, it's cool that, you know, this, this person did it. You know, it's like, you know, Tom Hanks is an American treasure, but if it turns out he's a rapist then fuck Tom Hanks, you know, like mm-hmm. we're not going to stick up for him because he's quote unquote, one of us. Um, but I feel like this is kind of along those lines where, you know, yeah, like if you saw a Republican wearing blackface, you would call that person out all over social media. But, oh, it's cool when, you know, Seth MacFarlane does it on his show because it's right. funny. Like, maybe it's not cool. Like, maybe that's maybe we have to start with our own people and kind of calling them out to have the clout to be able to call everyone else out, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I want it to stay the way it is. But that's not a good ex- ex- good enough excuse to not change things it's just right. because that's the way it's been. Done. <laughs> I know that. So I to 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 pivot into I don't know, do we have another idea that goes absolutely nowhere? No, I think that's the idea I think, that went absolutely I think nowhere. We did not represent- solve it. We did not solve <laughs> racial and gender inequality. I'm sorry. <laughs> we <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> so so many discussions ended like we're two white guys we're we're not we can't we we could do a lot to help and we could do a lot by listening and researching but we are not the ones to fix it right now yeah. well you know, and, that, and and that's the thing too that's that's kind of what i find frustrating too because i'm or all to about claim the... that we can fix it right right we yeah. can do things no. to help fix it that's... yeah but like you know i i I definitely agree with the idea. And and I guess this is part of where, you know, like watching shows like Rutherford Falls, where it's like, oh, look, you know, the creators are are native people. So it's not a show written by white people about native people kind of portraying them how they, you know, it's it. So it's like, sure, watch that show, show that there's an interest for these stories being told authentically. But it's like, but also like, I'm not a producer. I can't make a show, you know, and as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I'll get to that in a minute. You know, like, I, I can't, like, be like, I'm going to hire a bunch of people with diverse backgrounds and, you know, to, to work on this project. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a show. You know, if I had a show, you know, the, yeah, I would make sure that, that it was diverse as hell, but I don't have a show. I don't have the money and power to be able to kind of do that. Having said that, it's like, should I be working with more than just my own friends on 2112 and kind of bringing more people in? But it's like, it's also, I mean, part of it's also, it's not like my story. The story is already out there and been told. And it's mm-hmm. my version of it. And, and again, like, I, I feel like it's like, like I was saying with Key and Peel, like maybe they've been lifelong friends and that's why they're doing a show together. And this is why I'm picking the people who are working on 2112 with me because they're all my friends, you know? And it's like, which says something about like, why don't I have more racially diverse friends? And it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's, you know, part of it, I could blame it on the way I, you know, the way I grew up, like where, you know, and this, that, and the other thing, I'm not opposed to it, but I just, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. I should ask that question. I should dig deeper, but I also feel like is the answer to go out and be like, let's find some black people to be friends with. Like, I feel like that's not the way you're supposed to do it either. You know, like, <laughs> but <laughs> so, we're yeah. wrong and we're aware of it. Yes. That's it, the, yeah. pro- that, that's, that's the crux of it. I, yeah. I, I like, yeah, there well, is no yes. there's no right answer. Yeah, there are things that we can do 
to make it better. Yeah. I, it's like that. There was that South Park episode where Stan kept telling Token, like every time something would happen to Stan, he'd be like, "Oh, Token, I know how you feel." He's like, "No, you don't." And <laughs> like Stan kept thinking the point was to learn how Token feels, and finally he's like, "Token, I have no idea how you feel." And he's like, "Thank you." Thank he's you. Like, yes, that's the point is to be, you know, to to acknowledge your ignorance, and I guess that's how you move forward. So. Well, on that note, <laughs> that's about enough of that. And here's Tim with the final word. Undebaked. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I thought you were going to say, I'd listen. <laughs> what would you do it. To... <laughs> <Assume> it on me. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> oh, shit. Welcome to Jurassic Park. You dumb fuck. <laughs> PG. No, 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 no. <laughs> be a fucking nightmare for this guy. Great, Scott. <laughs> great, job, great job, Scott. <laughs>